Welcome fellow players, my name is Victor Sulfero and this is Generation PlayStation. Let's talk PS5 impressions, game delays and great deals. Let's go! Oh yes! Welcome ladies and gentlemen. This is the month. When this episode goes up, it will be November. The month we have all been waiting for. It's next gen month, baby! Let's go! Let's celebrate! Yes, it is finally time. Just a few days more. You guys, we have to endure this just for some days more. This. These old crappy systems, which, uh, I mean, they are not that old and they are not that bad. I mean, they gave us great games like The Last of Us Part 2. I mean, I just played it that this year and my god, what a great game. We also got God of War, Spider-Man, we got Horizon Zero Dawn, we got... Sooner in the generation we got Bloodborne and, I mean, so many great games. So awesome, but yeah, sign me up. I'm... I'm eagerly waiting for next gen to see the improvements that it brings. I mean, we have seen a lot of stuff on the Xbox side, but we had not seen much until now regarding the PlayStation 5. But that has changed. Let's get started with the first topic for this show, the circle of news. And so, I forgot to say this, but yeah, I can do it now as well. This is Generation PlayStation. A podcast all about the love for PlayStation. In this podcast, I like to talk about the present, the news. Then, I like to talk about recommendations, tips and deals. And finally, I like to talk PlayStation history. And that's what I'm going to do today. And of course, as I just said, this first segment is called The Circle of News. So you might have guessed it, it's all about the news. And what news exactly? Well, the news that came out in the week before the show comes out with a new episode. So each episode is kind of like a recap for the last week regarding PlayStation news. And my god, we got a lot of cool news uh, this week. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about. So strap in, guys, because finally some people have gotten their hands on PlayStation 5s. And I said this... The last week as well, because it actually happened quite some time ago, but now they are finally able to talk a bit more about it. In the last episode, I was just able to tell you guys that they had the box, and that's pretty much all there was to it. But now we finally got the impressions of a lot of people in the games industry, be it from IGN, from GameSpot, I mean, from a ton of sources that are finally starting to report and what they think the PS5 is like because they can finally tell us more now that they have their hands on it. And still, a lot of things are embargoed, so they are not allowed to talk about everything, but they are allowed to talk about their experience playing, for example, Astro's Playroom. And uh, people seem to love it. And I love that because they say that this game is pretty, pretty good and it's more than just a demo. Because a lot of people said that, well, this pack-in game, it's just a demo. But I've seen people saying that it is the best pack-in title since Wii Sports when it comes to 
showing you what the hardware is capable of. And that sounds like a great thing to say about this game. You know, Astro, this Astrobot character, he had an appearance with the Rescue Mission uh, title for PlayStation VR, which a lot of people loved. And this seems to be a continuation of that. And in many ways, uh, the, the VR title was very much focused on the PlayStation VR headset. And now this game seems to be very much focused on the PlayStation 5 hardware. So when you're in the game, it seems like you are actually inside the console with the character. Um, there are certain parts of the game that are called in a way that makes you think, okay, they are trying to make you think that you are inside the PlayStation 5. So there are the cooling springs, which is the cooling part of the PlayStation, right? Um, so it's very, very funny in that sense. And a lot of throwbacks, we see uh, a lot of PlayStation 3 related stuff. And there, there will surely be other things. I, I'm sure there will be stuff about PlayStation 4 and stuff like that. A lot of throwbacks, nostalgia... Um, and I love that. It seems to be a title for people who love PlayStation and who grew up on PlayStation. So you might say for the people of the PlayStation generation or generation PlayStation. Yeah. So, I mean, um, the th first things I've heard uh, of, of the PlayStation 5 and what people think, I'm, I'm in love with that. Uh, they seem to be very high on it. Um, they have also uh, praised the, the DualSense controller. A lot of people love it, um, saying that, you know, there are three or four next-gen consoles coming out, but only one next-gen controller. I've seen this thrown around a lot by a lot of people, and uh, it makes me really excited to try out this new controller. I, I love the looks of it. I think it looks very cool. I think it will fit better in the hand than the PS4 uh, controller, the, the DualShock 4, and that was already an improvement over the DS3, so... I mean, it looks great uh, to me and uh, all the haptic feedback stuff and the adaptive triggers. People seem to love that stuff. Uh, you can see multiple demos, vi videos on the internet of people using the triggers and how the triggers can actually, you know, give some force back so that it seems that you're, for example, when your character is pushing some uh, really um, heavy object that it actually feels like you have to put pressure on it. So making you feel more immersed in the game. And the same thing happens with the haptic feedback, where uh, a lot of people saying that in Astro's Playroom, when you're walking through sand, it really feels like you're walking through sand. And we've seen this kind of stuff with the Nintendo Switch and the HD Rumble, but it seems like this is even, is even better than that. And... I mean, I'm just really excited to play it. Um, but yeah, let's talk more about what, what people thought. They have also um, unboxed it, a lot of people. You can see tons of videos on the internet regarding that. And, um, well, one thing they did not like as much, because uh, I have talked about a lot of things that people loved, but one thing that they did not like as much is how big the console is. And we, n we have known this for a while we saw um, the teardown video and how big the console looked like in comparison to the guy that was doing the teardown. And um, yeah, it, it doesn't look much better now. So yeah, um, <laughs> I've seen people trying to put it in their living room and it just looks out of place or it doesn't fit at all. So it might be complicated. Um, you definitely have to think ahead with this console if you have concerns if it will actually fit into your living room or not um i mean into your living room i i 
hope that it does fit. That would mean that it is a very, very little um, living room. But what I mean in fitting your living room is if it actually fits style-wise and if it actually goes into whatever you're using um, normally for your consoles, be it, you know, uh, a lower board for, for your be, uh, below your TV or whatever it is that you're using, that it actually fits inside. Um yeah, so keep that in mind if you want to buy one of these consoles. Just not that this thing happens where you buy it and then you only realize that it is too big when you come home and then, yeah, you have to put it on the ground or somewhere. Uh, meanwhile, um, as you're trying to buy another type of furniture to better uh, put the P PS5 in it. Uh, it's, uh, yeah... It's not great, this situation. Uh, I wish it was smaller, definitely. But in the end, if that means that the, the console will be quiet and that it won't run too hot, I mean, I'm all for it. Um, I think there's definitely a way to find a solution to put it inside a good place for it to be because also keep in mind it should be somewhere where there can be airflow, so... Yeah, you, you have to keep a lot of things in mind regarding that, where to put it. It isn't it not that easy as in generations before where consoles were pretty small on the PlayStation side. I mean, the PlayStation 4 and the uh, PS5, uh, PS4 Slim and also the PS4 Pro. I mean, those were uh, quite small in comparison to the PS5. Uh, I saw some uh, pictures on IGN comparing the sizes and it's it's crazy. But regarding the looks... A lot of people are divided regarding that. Some people like it, some people don't. I personally think it is really, really cool. And just as people said that there are three or four next-generation consoles, but only one next-gen controller, I think there's only one next-gen-looking console. And, I mean, you can define that however you want. Maybe minimalism for you is how next-gen should look like. But when I see the PS5 uh, sitting there beside the xbox series x and ds i'm like are those other consoles even for next gen or are they just previous gen consoles because that's what they look like they look like the traditional design with the ps5 you look at it and you're immediately like that's the future that's the future so i personally like it and i will talk about customization because there is that option as well with the ps5 more um later in the show so yeah keep that in mind and seeing that people love it is a good thing because Sony, according to Bloomberg, wants to sell 7.6 million PS5 units by the end of March. And uh, that's more than the PS4 managed to sell uh, in its first physical ye uh, fiscal year. So they have big hopes for the PS5. And Jim Ryan has also told Reuters that the PS5 has had as many pre-orders in 12 hours as the ps4 has had in 12 weeks back in the day and uh i mean people seem to be excited a lot of pre-orders are coming in so it will be hard to get the console on day one if you don't have a pre-order it will be very complicated and you might have to wait a lot of time to finally get your hands on one but selling more than the ps4 i mean that's some um great aspiration to have and i don't know if it will be as easy as Sony thinks it it is going to be, but with all this COVID stuff, a lot of people have time to be playing games more than ever before because a lot of people are just at home and what can you do when you're inside your home and 
maybe you don't even have a backyard, nothing, you're just inside your room and I mean, video games are a great escape for uh, situations like this, so let's see. I mean, it makes me excited that they are so hopeful that this will be such a great gen and seeing how many games they are coming out with right at launch and also supporting in the next year, it seems like they are really banking on having a great generation and I'm all for it. But not everything is great news because there were some game delays that happened and yeah, the big one, Cyberpunk, which I was expecting to play when the PS5 came out, is just not going to happen on that day because they, CD Projekt Red, have put out this message and I will read it so that you know what I'm talking about. Hey everyone, today we've decided to move the release date of Cyberpunk 2077 by 21 days. The new release date is December 10th. Most likely there are many emotions and questions in your head. So first and foremost, please accept our humble apologies. The biggest challenge for us right now is shipping the game on current gen, next gen and PC at the same time, which requires us to prepare and test 9 versions of it. Xbox One, One X, compatibility on Xbox Series S and X, PS4 and PS4 Pro, compatibility on PS5, PC, Stadia, while working from home. Since Cyberpunk 2077 evolved towards almost being a next-gen title somewhere along the way, we need to make sure everything works well and every version runs smoothly. We are aware, we, we are aware it might seem unrealistic when someone that says that 21 days can make any difference in such a massive and complex game, but they really do. Some of you might also be wondering what these words mean in light of us saying we achieved Goldmaster some time ago. Passing certification or going gold means the game is ready, can be completed and has all the content in it. But it doesn't mean we stop working on it and raising the quality bar. On the contrary, this is the same. This is the time where many improvements are being made, which will then be distributed via day zero patch. This is the time period we undercalculated. We feel we feel we have an amazing game on our hands and are willing to make every decision, even the hardest ones if it ultimately leads to you getting a video game you'll fall in love with. Yours, Adam Badowski and Marcin Iwinski. And uh, yeah, that's, this is a bummer because a lot of people were excited for Cyberpunk 2077. And now, as I read it to you, the new release date is December 10th. And um, it seems from this message that they sent out that the main problem is current gen. And I think looking at the game and seeing how how ambitious it is, be it from a gameplay perspective or also visually. I think you could have expected that to be a problem. And when you look at how they planned this, right? They, I mean, the game was supposed to come out in April or something like that. And uh, then it got pushed and now pushed again and and again and again. And um, they wanted to release it first on PS4 and Xbox One. And I get that. It's the current generation and uh, a lot of people are there to play your game you know over 100 million ps4 sold that's a big number so a lot of potential customers but i think that as ambitious as this project is they should have focused on next gen from the start and from the start is complicated because this game i think it was first announced in 2012 or something like that um so they did not even know that this game was uh, th th that there were these new next gen consoles probably they they did not know how these consoles would look like but at some point when you get the memo 
that there are these next-gen consoles, I think that should have been the focus. Because a lot of things have changed over the time and surely the project was not as ambitious back in the day as it is now. I think that they started to raise the bar, quality of, of graphics and stuff getting better and better. And I mean, the Xbox One and the PS4, they were already behind the time back when they came out. Like, the, the the hardware was not as good as it is now with the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and S. Like, these new consoles that are coming out are actually not as far behind PCs as the PS4 and the Xbox One were back in the day. And now you're trying to put this game on those consoles that were already not that great on launch day. And you're trying to do it now in 2020. I, I understand that this is not something that... Um, is it is not as easy as some people might think because a lot of things were planned and you know uh, uh, video game studios not just the developers there are marketing te- people there are sales people and they were promising something and now they have to change their message but this push is also a change of message so i think that at some point if they saw that there were really big issues trying to run this game on current gen they should have focused on next gen and current gen could have come later trying to release everything at the same time it's cool and all but I-, I don't think it's worth it i think it would have been great to have this game come out on launch day for the new consoles but yeah that's where we at, where we are at and i don't know december 10th you're already missing out on black friday at least you're releasing the game before uh, christmas so trying to get people to buy it as present uh, as a present Maybe it's still possible, but if this game does get delayed again, I don't know. Because as of now, I only believe that this game is coming out when it is actually coming out. Because they have said this multiple times that they um, have this release date and then they have to push it and then they have to push it again and again. And I don't know what to think. I think this uh, was badly managed and Jason Schreier on Twitter uh, posted some information from coming from from CD Projekt Red and what is happening there with Adam Kaczynski, the co-CEO of the of the company, telling investors that you know the crunch that is happening there, which I also talked about on on some episodes uh, ago, and also Jason has talked about this a lot. Jason Schreier is, is a guy over on Bloomberg delivering news um, on video games, and a lot of times he he does these stories about crunch and how bad the the video game developers have it sometimes and this message that adam kaczynski the co-ceo of cd project red gave to investors he said in it that the crunch wasn't that bad and then later adam had to apologize to his employees because they of course heard that that he said that the crunch was not that bad and that made them feel a lot of things because of course when you are an employee and you're crunching and not seeing your family for a longer time and it's it's hard on you physically and also emotionally having you know your higher up who gets to make a lot of more money than you do saying that the crunch isn't that bad i mean yeah i i I get it i get it why they didn't like that message that Adam gave to the investors. So, yeah, I think that this was badly managed. I think at some point you have to see this coming, the issues with the current consoles. And, uh, yeah, it sucks, but it is what it is. So, some more days to wait for Cyberpunk 2077. At least, 
I have more time to enjoy games like Spider-Man, Miles Morales, but I would have loved to also play Cyberpunk on launch day. Now, in other news about delays also, this story comes from Matt Wales over on Eurogamer. As part of its latest earning report released earlier today, Ubisoft has announced delays for Far Cry 6 and Rainbow Six Quarantine, as well as offering a brief update on its attempts at culture transformation following a number of damning reports this summer. Starting with the delays, Far Cry 6, which is set to shift the series' first-person open-world formula to the Caribbean, was originally set to launch on 18th February next year, while Rainbow Six Quarantine had only ever been given a vague 2020 release window. However, as outlined on in Ubisoft's first half 2020-2021 earnings statement, the company has made the decision to postpone the launch of both titles in order to leverage their full potential in the context of production challenges caused by COVID-19. As a result, Far Cry 6 and Rainbow Six Quarantine will now release in the publisher's next financial year, meaning a new launch window somewhere between April 2021 and the end of March 2022. So, if you're a fan of Far Cry and Rainbow Six, well, also a bummer for you, but I think we should have seen this coming, because Ubisoft was doing too much, I think. If we look at the games that are coming out from Ubisoft in the next couple of months, we have Assassin's Creed Valhalla, of course. We have Just Dance 2021, which, I mean, yeah, of course, those games are coming out every year. We have Watch Dogs Legions, which is already out. Immortals Phoenix Rising, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, The Game, The Complete Edition, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time Remake, and Riders Republic. All of these games are coming out between now and February. So a lot of stuff happening on Ubisoft's side. So I totally get why they would opt to push these two games further so they also have more time to breathe for these games and the developers working on Far Cry 6 and Rainbow Six Quarantine have more time to polish the game and I'm sure this is uh, true that COVID-19 has been a challenge for them Uh, I've seen it as well Uh, I've said this before I work in software development and I've seen troubles there as well so I totally believe it And I think looking at the titles that they have coming up, they will be fine. But of course, it is bad news for people who are waiting for these games. So that might be a bummer to you if you are into those games and were expecting to play them anytime soon. So, and this is the last delay I will talk about. Uh, There is another delay that happened, but that is also kind of good news. Because Sony has delayed the PS5 launch title... Destruction All-Stars to February 2021 and it will be a PlayStation Plus title for two months when it comes out which is awesome because Destruction All-Stars if you're like what game yeah it, it it is not the most important or most interesting game coming out on PS5 launch day for sure but it is one of the games that was shown to us uh, in the PS5 UI showing and uh, it's a first party title that looks interesting um a destruction racer game which could be fun as a multiplayer game reminds me of how rocket league was so successful when it came out on ps plus this could be similar um and i think that destruction all-stars at ps5 launch would have been 
a terrible, terrible idea because when you look at all the other games that are coming out when the PS5 comes out, Destruction All-Stars had no chance at all. So I think this is a great move. It is what this game needed and it is a great goodie for everybody who's a PlayStation Plus subscriber. So a delay, yes, but not as bad as it may seem at first because this PS Plus stuff is really cool and I think it is cool for the PS Plus customers, but also for the game itself. Now, I want to look at some more games, some more PS5 launch games that I just talked about. You know, I talked about Destruction All-Stars having no chance against the other PS5 launch games. And those are Spider-Man Miles Morales, for example, which we got a new look at and it continues to look amazing. And now they even ha have added the Spider-Verse suit. If you know the movie Into the Spider-Verse, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is an awesome suit from an awesome movie and it looks very, very cool in this game. And the animations even change when you have it on. It looks kind of like the animation in the movie. Some people might like that, others not. So it depends a bit on um, if, if you're into that or not. Um, you will see that when you get your hands on the game. And the suit is sooner unlockable for people that have pre-ordered the game. But really anybody can get this suit but it will be you will be able to unlock it sooner if you have pre-ordered the game what exactly that means uh, i believe they have not said it um in detail so let's wait and see also we got a new look uh, at demon souls which continues to look amazing probably the most impressive launch title graphically speaking when it comes to the gameplay it also looks great but that is a thing that you know you get more of an idea how the gameplay is like when you actually have the game in your hands. That's um, very different from actually seeing the videos. Um, the real experience will be when you have the game in your hands. But it looks amazing and the, the loading times seem to be crazy. Um, really, really fast. Also, I saw uh, just quickly, also regarding Miles Morales, I saw a leak from some Swedish dude. Uh, T-Docs over on Twitter actually uh, retweeted this. It is a video of some guy who was filming him uh, opening up the um, Miles Morales game on PS5. And it loaded into the main game like in two seconds. From the main menu into the game in two seconds. What Amazing. Really impressive. So maybe check that out as well if you're interested in how that looks like when you boot up the um, Spider-Man Miles Morales game on PS5. So I think a lot of cool stuff happening on on uh, launch day and i will talk about another cool game coming out on launch day and also very good news for ps plus subscribers later in the episode as well but looking at other games coming out for the ps5 but not necessarily at launch we have some new news regarding final fantasy 16 over on their website and also on the playstation blog there are a lot of new um interesting information um but nothing really major like, they have announced which kingdoms are involved. The main kingdom seem, seems to be called Rosaria. And we have better look at three of the protagonists in this game. And the main protagonist is Clive Rosefield. And he's the guy that you saw a lot in, in the trailer. Who is trying to protect his brother, Joshua Rosefield. Uh, who's a dominant of the Phoenix. And that means that he has the power to summon a summon. And um, this is an interesting thing in Final Fantasy 16. There are people that are 
who are born with the power of being a dominant, so the power of actually being able to summon some of these creatures and um, it is something special and uh, the way I read it is that actually Clive was supposed to get this power but he did not get it. Instead Joshua got this power and Joshua is the younger brother and Clive is now trying to protect protect Joshua. And then there is this girl Jill Warwick who was raised alongside these two guys and as far as I've read she's not related in any direct way but uh, she was raised alongside with them so they are very close these three yeah that's pretty much all there is um regarding the information um but maybe just go to the final fantasy 16 website or also the playstation blog if you want to read more about it to me the game looks very very cool from the trailer and all the stuff that i've read about it and having no yoshida involved i'm in and more news also no man's sky having some news regarding ps5 because there will be a next generation update and it is actually called like that it's called the next generation update and it will have a visual upgrade for ps5 it will be great for everybody who likes no man's sky and wants to keep playing it on ps5 so also another game temtem which is a game that looks like Pokemon and has been out on Steam Early Access for quite some time, will be coming to PS5 exclusively on consoles on um, December 8th as an Early Access title also. So pretty cool also if you're into Pokemon type games, this game is very similar to that. And then uh, From Software uh, sent out this tweet. We also greatly appreciate the enthusiasm and support shown for Elden Ring, our next dark fantasy action RPG. We hope you look forward to it. And people lost their minds. Because Elden Ring is a game that a lot of people who like from software games like Dark Souls and stuff like that. A lot of people are looking forward to it. And there has just been this silence from uh, from from software. And now finally there is a tweet about it. So it's not dead. They, they acknowledge that the, this thing still exists. And that we will see it sometime. But of course no actual information that is any of any use it's just um yeah just teasing us that they are working on this game yeah and um one thing that i disliked a lot i read this on upload vr and i was like are you kidding me so this is also regarding ps5 and it is also regarding no man's sky a game that i just talked about that is getting a visual upgrade and it is also regarding hitman 3 because those games are available on ps4 and they have a PSVR mode. But if you want to play with your PlayStation VR on the PS5, you will have to have the PS4 versions of those games. Because the PS4 is seen as a backwards compatible uh, equipment and you need to have the backwards compatible titles to play it. For them, you know, to be compatible with the PSVR, they have to be the PlayStation 4 titles. And that that is just... It sucks. And there have been now hints also that... PlayStation VR 2 is is far away, so yeah, I I guess this was expected. I I didn't see them coming out with PSVR 2 anytime soon, but it sucks that you have to play the PS4 versions of the games that you want to play on PSVR. I, I don't like that at, at all. At least now we also got a look at the PlayStation VR camera adapter, and you can now pre-order it if you have a PlayStation VR. And um, yeah, it's another thing that is kind of weird because for the ps5 to work with the psvr you have to have the ps4 camera 
the PS5 camera won't work with with it, so you need this adapter. And this adapter is free. You can get it directly from PlayStation. But only people that have uh, who have a PlayStation VR headset, because they actually have to give the the reference number or whatever um, to prove that they own the the um, the VR headset and to be able to get this adapter but it's kind of weird because there are games like just dance like i talked about when it came to the ubisoft titles coming out until february um yeah that game it supports the playstation 4 camera i don't know if it will support the playstation 5 camera and for people who already own just dance games does this mean that they need the new camera to play it or will that that just not work at all can they not get this adapter because they don't have a PlayStation VR? That's at least what it seems like, but it's stupid. I don't know. It's a bit weird, but whatever. Uh, I think it won't be a big deal for a lot of people or for most people, but there will be some people who will be asking these questions and um, yeah, it's it's kind of dumb. Uh, yeah, and also regarding backwards compatibility, Ubisoft said... Uh, in in a in a post on on their website that games like Assassin's Creed Syndicate wouldn't be compatible with PS5 and then they backtracked uh, I read this over on Gematsu so now the the that site isn't up anymore what does that actually mean I don't know because we saw the blog post from Sony saying that only 10 games would not be compatible with the PS5 now all of a sudden Ubisoft comes out and says that hey see these games I'm sad to tell you, but those are not compatible with the PS5. And Sony themselves have not said anything about that. It's very weird and I don't understand why everything is so complicated right now regarding communication. I have said this a couple of times. Also, when we had the big reveal, um, the big PS5 showcase where we got the price uh, of the PS5 and the launch day. Also there with Dark Souls and with other games, there was so much confusion. Is this game actually an exclusive or is it also coming out on PC and or not? And also with Final Fantasy 16, the same thing happened. Uh, somebody just needs to go through this and Sony has to rethink their strategy regarding communication because it has been terrible. Terrible. Um, some good news. If you are into Call of Duty Warzone, I just want to tell you that the Black Ops Cold War stuff or a lot of stuff from that game is getting added to it and that's pretty cool. So we have Black Ops Cold War and Modern Warfare stuff joined together in this Warzone game and I think it will be awesome. Um, this starts in December and you can still choose if you want to play with all the old stuff, all the old weapons and and stuff from, from Modern Warfare but you can also use the Black Ops stuff. So this is cool because... Call of Duty has always had this. Um, you know, in one year you have a Modern Warfare game, then in the next year it's a Black Ops game and stuff like that. They have different studios working of, uh, on different games. But now with Warzone, you can actually join them together and that's that's pretty cool. And also we got to look at a single-player League of Legends game, a true RPG uh, named Ruined King that is coming early 2021. It's coming out on PS4, Xbox One, PC and Switch but it will get upgrades to next-gen. And um, some other news that is not directly related to games, but Sony is trying to buy Crunchyroll for almost a billion dollars. And what that means exactly, I'm not sure. Uh, at least what that means for the games part of, uh, of Sony's uh, corporation. Because, of course, this is first and foremost a thing for 
Sony Pictures um, having Crunchyroll, they already have Funimation. But I can see, for example, for PS Plus members, that they could add this as a benefit, like you get a discount on Crunchyroll or something like that. We've seen that before with PlayStation Plus benefits. We also see this on the Xbox side with Game Pass, um, Game Pass subscribers having uh, deals for Spotify and stuff like that. So just wanted to point that out, that maybe something cool will come out of that. Now, also another cool uh, thing that was announced and These next three things that I will be talking about, quite small, but still very cool. There is a new PlayStation app over on the iOS App Store and also on the Android Google Play Store, which is awesome. Let me tell you guys, it is awesome. I got it on my phone and it integrates a lot of things into one app, like messaging, the store, trophy tracking and stuff. It's all there in one app and it seems to be so much better than the old app. Because, for example, if you went to the store, it just opened up the website. And now it's integrated into the app. It's very fast when you're looking for a game. When you're trying to buy a new game, it's so much faster than before. Uh, you have the option to download it directly on your PS4. And the option to download it on your PS5, which is not out yet. So that doesn't work as of now. But it is so cool. Uh, when you open the app, the first thing you see is focus on your last played games and the trophies you got for it. Also, what are your fans playing? Uh, you can get into a chat with your friends. Um, it's awesome. All integrated into one app. Also with blog posts from the PlayStation blog and stuff. I love it. Just one weird thing about this. When they said that the PlayStation app was coming out, the new PlayStation app, it took a lot of time for some people to actually get it. In my case, I just got it like yesterday. But I'm in Europe. In Germany specifically, so it might depend on wherever you live, but still I think it took a lot of time um, until it actually came out on our devices. I think this could have been done better. You could have just given the heads up when the thing was already ready to be downloaded all over the place in just a few minutes or a few hours, but I don't know exactly how that works on the App Store uh, over on iOS and also on Android with the Play Store. I'm not sure how fast that is actually possible to do. So maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know, but yeah. There's a new PlayStation app out and it's great and you should get it. Another thing that is pretty cool is that there are new avatars that came out celebrating upcoming PS5 games. You have stuff for Next Horizon game or Astrobot and stuff like that. Cool avatars, so check them out if you are expecting to change your avatar anytime soon on your PlayStation account. And if you're interested into changing your ps5 faceplates then i have some news also for you because the company that i was talking about doing custom faceplates for the ps5 on a recent episode of this podcast is now no longer there why you ask well they got into trouble with sony because sony said that their trademark would not allow for another company to be selling custom faceplates for the ps5 That company was called PlayStation5.com and they had to change already their name to CustomizeMyPlates.com and now they have to shut their business down completely. Why at first they only had to change their name and now they have to shut down their business completely is kind of weird. Sony could have immediately said, well, you have to completely shut down your business instead of saying you have to change your name and then only later saying you have to shut down your business. Kind of weird and I don't like it. I think that custom faceplates for the PS5 are inevitable. 
if you don't find them on, you know, reputable sites, you will find them for sure on some sites like AliExpress or something like that, for sure. And I mean, you can even just color them yourselves, the faceplates, you can take them off the PS5 and then color them yourselves. It's, I don't like this, but most probably it is because Sony is planning to do some first party custom faceplates for the PS5 and they don't want that competition. Let's see what happens here. I'm not sure. I don't really like this move, but it is what it is. If you had a pre-order for one of those custom faceplates, all of those pre-orders are getting cancelled, so you're out of luck there. But I'm pretty sure that there will be custom faceplates for the PS5. Somewhere you will be able to find those. And worst case scenario, you can put a skin on it, like from dbrand or something probably they will be doing that and also you can just color it yourself with uh, spray color or something like that i don't know but for sure there are some great options there with the ps5 because of the faceplates being so easily removable by just popping them off so easily it's it's really awesome it's one of the advantages of the ps5 being that big is that you can actually do this kind of stuff uh, where it is just easier to work with the console, you know, with the Xbox Series X and S, they are crammed into a very small form factor, which is an advantage in many ways. But when it comes to actually working on the console, it's a bit more difficult. It's the same thing that happens with laptops. Lap laptops are quite a bit more difficult to work on than tower PCs, because, well, when you're trying to work with something that is so small, it gets quite complicated of course and there has to be a lot of custom design happening there of course on the ps5 it is also the case but at least we have some things like uh, actual m.2 nvme ssds instead of some proprietary stuff like xbox is doing which again has its advantages and disadvantages it really depends on your use case but yes that is something that is a bit of a bummer, but something that I do love, I want to talk about this just quickly, I had almost forgotten that I wanted to talk about this, um, is that for some games on the PS4, we are seeing so much better load times. Uh, for example, with The Last of Us Remastered, like uh, instead of having to wait for over a minute, now some of the load times were cut down to 14 seconds or something like that. It's insane. Same thing happens with Until Dawn, for example. And I I guess that this is just in preparation for the PS5. I guess that these games are using some of the PS5's uh, own technology. I know that the PS5 is using Kraken uh, as a compressing and uncompressing uh, or decompressing mechanism uh, to improve speeds even further beyond the already impressive speeds, speeds of the SSD. And also they use Oodle textures or whatever it is called. There is some technology being used to make the PS5 even faster than just the speed of the SSD that is inside it. And I guess that some of that stuff was applied here as well. And that is why these games are now performing so much better when it comes to load times. And I guess that if they are performing this well on the PS4, then just imagine what it will be like on the PS5. Will there be no load times at all? Will it just be instant? As I said before in the leak for the Spider-Man Miles Morales that is on the interwebs, you can see a video where the game is loading from the main menu into the real gameplay 
in just two seconds. So looks exciting and I love it. And another thing that I love, I will talk about this in the next segment, Fair For Your Square. And that thing is that we got the next PS Plus lineup for November 2020 and it includes Middle Earth, Shadow of War, Hollow Knight, Void Heart Edition and, drumroll please, Snacks. Yes, that is so cool. Snacks as a PS Plus title, that sounds like an awesome idea. And it is so cool for everybody who owns a PS5 when launch day comes around. And if they are PlayStation Plus subscriber, then they will get Snacks, which looks like such a fun game. And it has become a meme on the internet. A lot of people love the vibes, the song. But here's the thing. If you're expecting to get it on PS4 as a PlayStation Plus subscriber, I'm sorry. That will not happen. Bugsnext does have a PS4 version of the game, but it will not be included in PlayStation Plus. Only the PS5 version is included. And if you're asking yourself, what happens if you already pre-ordered the game? Well, you can get your money back. But here's the catch. If you actually buy the game on PS5, you also get to play the PS4 version. This is not the case with PS Plus. So if you are expecting to play it on PS4 and PS5 on both systems and you pre-order the PS5 version, then you can still do it with that pre-ordered version. But if you now cancel that pre-order and get this PS Plus version, you cannot play it on your PS4 anymore. So keep that in mind. I think this is great, but yeah, it's it sucks for people who want to play this game on PS4. Um, but man, they have to entice you to buy a PS5 in some way, and I think that these cool launch titles coming out on PS5 and now also with Snacks as a PS Plus title, uh, Destruction All-Stars in February also, and um, a lot of cool games coming to PS5. I think, you know, they have to find ways to entice you to buy the new console. So I don't hate it for for sure, but... Um, and I get why they, why they are doing it. But again, a lot of people on PS4 will uh, not be as happy about this, for sure. And I get that. Now, another thing we got in PS Plus is that the PS Plus collection, with, if you remember this, I've talked about it, uh, it is a collection of games that you can get at launch for the PS5 that includes a lot of games from the previous generation, so a lot of PS4 titles that are really, really cool. Um, this collection now has actually got upgraded. It has got two new editions. So before we knew that a lot of cool games were coming, but now even more are coming with Call of Duty Black Ops 3 Zombies Chronicles Edition and also the Crash Bandicoot and Saint Trilogy. Let's go! Yes, that is so cool. And also, we knew that the Final Fantasy XV game would be on the list, but now we know that we get the Royal Edition of this game and not just the standard edition so we are getting even more content with this game than previously thought so that is cool very very cool it is a great time to be a ps plus subscriber and it is also a great time to be a ps now subscriber because they have also now unveiled the ps now lineup for november and it is kind of weird because usually we don't get these announcements as soon as we got it this time around, but I don't hate it. Keep it coming. It should be announced together with PlayStation Plus, in my opinion. It should be, well, not necessarily on the same day, but like you could do it uh, a day after uh, the PS Plus announcement, I think. 
it is definitely cooler to know it uh, some more time in advance. And what is coming out on PS Now in November, you ask? Well, Rage 2, Injustice 2 and F1 2020 are coming to PS Now, as well as My Time at Portia, Kingdom Come Deliverance and Warhammer Vermintide 2. So a lot of great games, great lineup for November. And also very, very cool that My Time at Portia was added because the, the developers of that game have now started a Kickstarter for the next game, My Time at Sandrock. So I guess that is also kind of the reason why they did it now for PS Now as well. Um, that My Time at Porsche is now coming out on PS Now to, you know, increase the player base and to get more people excited for their next game. Very, very cool. I love this move um, and I want more games to be added to PS Now because I love playing PS Now games. I have just recently started playing Days Gone on it and it works really well. Maybe not as well as Stadia. I've said this before. I think that Stadia of all the cloud services is the one that works the best. But it does not give you such a big amount of titles to play as you get with PS Now. Game Pass is also a great service. And you can argue which one is better. But PS Now definitely has more games. And a lot of great games. And especially PlayStation exclusives. There could be more PlayStation exclusives on there definitely. But those that are on there are great games. And if you're into Uncharted, for example, you can get your Uncharted fix over on PlayStation Now. Now, talking about games that came out just recently, because if you didn't know, I like to look at the Metacritic scores for newly released PlayStation titles. And this week, there were some big titles coming out, like Watch Dogs Legion. That's the obvious one. And people are divided. Some people like it, but a lot of people don't. And that gives the game a score of 73 over on Metacritic. So maybe not as exciting as a lot of people were expecting this game to be. This game, well, it looks pretty, but it seems like a lot of stuff regarding the gameplay people are not liking as much. There is this thing going on with this game where you can be multiple people in the game. You can recruit pretty much everybody that you see as an NPC to your uh, group um, that you use to play in this game. And some people like that, some people don't. Um, a lot of people are saying that, you know, the, the whole stealth thing sometimes just doesn't work as well as it should. I know that a lot of people liked Watch Dogs 2. Watch Dogs, the first one, wasn't as beloved. I played it as well and I... Um, I liked it, but not like... I guess I would also score it like 75 or something like that, maybe. So similar to what critics have rated this game. Yeah, I I get a lot of people are disappointed because so many people loved Watch Dogs 2. And the biggest problem that that game had was that coming off of the first Watch Dogs, a lot of people were expecting something better from the first game. So I think that the sales... Um, suffered from that on the second game and now with a lot of people loving the second game this Watch Dogs Legion game had a lot of potential but it seems that it was not able to deliver at least for a lot of people surely there are people who love this game or who like this game but there are also a lot of people who do not like this game the same thing happened for the Dark Pictures anthology Little Hope so this Dark Picture anthology um it has already given us a game 
called The Man of Medan and a new game was teased, um, House of Ashes. And, you know, Supermassive is a studio that I really like for what they did with Until Dawn. I thought that that game was amazing. It, I loved that game. It seemed like a, a horror movie, a teen horror movie. And I was so into that um, aesthetic, into that that story. I, I loved it, really. One of my favorite games uh, from this generation, for sure. And my favorite PlayStation Now game, because I, I actually played almost entirely uh, that game with PlayStation Now. And I loved it. Such a great game. But it seems that these uh, Dark Pictures uh, games are not as successful as Until Dawn. But there are some people who like the, these games, especially people who are into horror games anyway. And if you are one of uh, these people who is into horror games, then maybe check this out. Because it is a pretty looking game. It is scary. But maybe, um, yeah, it just doesn't reach the highs that Until Dawn had. Which is difficult to, to get there. It was just that good of a game that it is difficult to compare to Until Dawn. And I think that is also something that is hurting these games. Because knowing that Supermassive is behind the games, a lot of people know that they can do better. So they are expecting better. And that gives this game a 70 over on Metacritic. Not great but also not terrible. So yeah, another game that came out is Ghost Runner, a very um, action-packed slasher game uh, in first person. Uh, a lot of people uh, say that it reminds them of Katana Zero and it got in 70, uh, 79 over on Metacritic. So pretty good score. If you're into that type of game, then this might be for you. It looks cool. Uh, it looks like a lot of fun. I have not been able to check it out yet but it seems really really cool and it got a good score on metacritic so that might be interesting for you another thing that might be interesting for you if you're listening to this podcast called generation playstation this might be very interesting for you because this is a podcast for people who grew up on playstation and who grew to love playstation of course uh, i like everybody to listen to this podcast even people who just recently became PlayStation gamers, but mostly this podcast is about the PlayStation legacy, right? And for the next segment, I have something very, very special to talk about. And the next segment is the Triangle of Time. Remember, do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. And the Triangle of Time is all about the past, the present, and the future of PlayStation. I like to take a look at something that happened this week, but one year ago, two years ago, or many, many, many years ago, like in the case of PlayStation 2, that came out in the year 2000, and in North America it came out on October 26th, which is why I'm talking about it right now in this episode. And with the Triangle of Time, I like to look at the past, which is the PlayStation 2, I like to look at the present, which is the PS4, and I like to look at the future, which in this case is the PS5. So let's look at the PS2 and then see how these other consoles could compare to the PS2. Because the PS2 was the best-selling console, or is, it still is, the best-selling console of all time, with 155 million units sold. That is crazy! The only other console, which is a handheld console, to reach 150 million is the Nintendo DS. And then you have some other consoles that broke the 100 million bar like 
the PS1 or the PS4, because that is now also over 100 million, 140 million or something like that, last time I checked. And it will probably not reach the numbers of the PS2, but it is a very well-selling console. The only PlayStation home console that did not sell over 100 million was the PS3, which still sold more in that generation than the Xbox 360. But they came to the end very, very close. It was a close race until the finish line, so very different generation that time around because with the PS4... You know, they just dominated with the PlayStation 2. Well, as I said, 155 million. And with the PS1, it was the first console to reach over 100 million units sold. So I think that there was just this energy, this thought that PlayStation was just so dominating with the PS1 and with, with the PS2. And that led to them having bad numbers with the PS3 because they were just... They they thought they had this figured out and that they could not lose. And when you get so cocky, as PlayStation did back in that time, chances are things are not going to go well. And that's what happened with the PS3. And then they were able to change things with the PS4, having now again a console selling over 100 million units. And let's see what happens with the PS5. As I said before, a lot of pre-orders coming in, uh, seeming to outpace the number of pre-orders that the PS4 got and with Sony expecting to sell more PS5 consoles than PS4 at least in this launch period it looks interesting but let's see if they are actually able to hit those numbers because the PS2 was such an amazing console and the PS4 as well I mean the PS4 I I said this before we got games like God of War we got games like uh, The Last of Us Part 2 Spider-Man Bloodborne, so many good games, and it will be hard to keep up the the um, the pace. But I mean, Miles Morales is coming, Demon Souls is coming, uh, a new Horizon game, a new God of War game, so they might be able to do it. And talking about these games, let's look at the best-selling games for the PS2. Right, we have Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Gran Turismo 3 Ace Back, Gran Turismo 4, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, Final Fantasy X. Grand Theft Auto 3, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, Final Fantasy 12, Tekken 5, Kingdom Hearts. And all these games sold over 5 million. And in the case of GTA San Andreas, it sold 17 million copies. So a console that was just destined for success. I mean, look at these games. These are some great games right here. I mean, the only game that maybe I wouldn't rank as high is Tekken 5, because it was a great game, yes. Um, but it it was just another Tekken, in my opinion. It wasn't... It was not anything groundbreaking. But maybe people at the time, I don't quite remember it that well, were just um, excited to be able to play Tekken, because maybe uh, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter were not that popular back in those times, or were not um, giving us such good games as they did with... The latest installments, I know that in the last generation with PS4, we got some great games from the Street Fighter series and also from Mortal Kombat. But I come to think of it, I'm not very much into these type of games, so I'm not the best person to say it. But I don't really remember uh, a lot of Street Fighter stuff and, and Mortal Kombat. So maybe that was the reason why Tekken 5 was able to sell that many copies. And I, I played Tekken 4 and also Tekken 5 and uh, also Tekken 6, I think. 
I, I also played that as well. Great games, but I wouldn't expect them to sell as well as, as that. And looking at Final Fantasy um, 12 also selling 6 million. So the, it actually shares the 8th place of um, best-selling games on the PS2 with Tekken 5. That was one of the games that got me into Final Fantasy. And I'm, I have said this before in this podcast. I'm a Final Fantasy fan. And I didn't even play it on my, myself. It was my cousin uh, bought this game and I saw him play it. And I fell in love with Final Fantasy. And I think that a lot of other people felt that way as well. I think that this console, having sold 155 million, it was the starting point for a lot of people getting into games for the first time and falling in love with so many great titles. I think that the PlayStation 1 was one of the first adult consoles. You know, we had Sega already trying to do this before, but then having some troubles, um, you know, we know what happened to Sega... Uh, they still were there with the Dreamcast in this generation as well. The, the generation I'm talking about with the PS2, but just not being able to sell as well. And then completely disappearing from the console, um, at, at least the hardware uh, side of things. They were still putting out games and still are, but they have not released any other console since then. So that went away, right, with with um, with Sega, because Nintendo was always very... Um, directed at families and children and Sega was this company trying to go to a, a different audience uh, targeting teenagers and adults and Sony was able to then continue this this uh, tradition uh, in some sense that Sega had been building up and being even more successful than Sega ever was and when you look at these titles right these 10 that I mentioned here all of them these are not kids games I mean Maybe you could say the Kingdom Hearts is some more, a bit more of a kids game than than these other ones, and being the first entry of the Kingdom Hearts series. I mean, another series that is so beloved by a lot of people. Uh, it's it's uh, for a lot of people. Uh, this this generation was so important, and for for Kingdom Hearts fans, definitely there is nostalgia there because it, it is the 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 first game for the series came out on the PS2. And it's 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 such a turning point for games in general. It it was one of the consoles that was so important to make gaming what it is today, so mainstream. When you look at that number, I, I will say it again, 155 million. It's crazy talk. And I remember it so very well. When you put a game uh, disc in and, you know, when it didn't play, you got that red um, screen when the game didn't play, kind of like back in the day with cartridges when you had to to put them in and then they didn't play and you were blowing air into them, hoping that they would work. Similar here, you would then wipe the, the CD or the DVD on your t-shirt or whatever, put it back in and hope that it plays. Uh, these memories, it's so weird nowadays to, to, to think about that stuff because nowadays it's all digital. Uh, yes, there can be faulty uh, CDs or Blu-rays nowadays. Um, that can happen still to this day. But so many more people are getting into the digital side of things and this stuff is happening less and less. Um, yeah, it's it's very weird how, how things were back in the day. But it was pretty amazing. And just talking about the discs, uh, this was one of the big advantages also of the PS2. It was a DVD player. And DVD players back in the day, they were the hot new thing and they were quite expensive so 
getting the PS2, which cost $299, as a game console and as a DVD player at the same time, this was a great deal for a lot of people and was how a lot of gamers convinced their parents, um, in case they were underage, of course, uh, they convinced their parents to get one of these PS2 consoles saying it can play DVDs and uh, so awesome. Such an awesome console. Then, of course, PS3 had Blu-ray, but yeah, uh, we know how the industry changed. Netflix and streaming services like that took over, so it was never such a big deal as with the PS2 having DVDs. That was really amazing. And then they had this uh, also this slim PS2, which was such a small console. Now, just talking about the PS5, how big it is, I hope, and I said this before, this segment is about the past, present, and future. And I hope that we get a different PS5 in the future, a smaller one, if they are able to figure out how to have the same performance, the same cooling performance that the PS5 has in this size, but in a smaller size, that would be awesome. Because I remember the PS2, the slim version, it was so small. I had a big one, but I, uh, my cousin, for example, who, who I s saw playing Final Fantasy XII, he had a small one and... Man, was that thing small. Really, really crazy and awesome. So portable, you could take it with you uh, so easily. And uh, I hope that <laughs> that is also the case for the PS5. Not necessarily that small. I think that is impossible. But at least a bit smaller. That would be really, really cool. Because it it, it is a really big console. And looking at how well the PS5 could sell, I don't think any console will sell as many units as the PS2 as soon as... This gen, I don't think, and next gen, I mean the gen after this one, probably even less, because I think that sooner or later um, cloud gaming will take over. I just don't know when exactly, but I think that sooner or later it will take over. It doesn't mean that consoles will disappear completely. It certainly doesn't mean that PCs will disappear. Those for sure will stay for a lot longer. Consoles maybe uh, will be phasing out sooner, but I still don't think that in the foreseeable future that will happen but yeah i i think that because of that uh, sales of consoles will um will be less than than we've seen with the ps4 and also with the playstation 2 um but let's see at least with the ps5 right now it does not look uh, like the streaming services are up to par when it comes to the quality and graphics because of course there's a lot of compression and stuff and also the lag and stuff so The gameplay experience surely is better on a console and I think that a lot of people will end up buying the console in this generation and maybe it is able to reach the numbers of the PS4. I think that will be already very difficult. Just selling over 100 million would be amazing. I think that everybody at Sony would be happy with that result. But of course, reaching the numbers of PS4 or even selling more than it, that would be crazy. And getting to the numbers of the PS2 now... That would be legendary because the PS2 is the best-selling console of all time. Let me just say this one more time. The best-selling console of all time. That's how important the PlayStation 2 is. And I've seen a lot of people saying that it wasn't as great of a console as a lot of people think. And I think, well, you're not giving it enough credit. It was an awesome console, awesome games on it. Maybe not the games that you like the most, but it surely had some bangers on there and it was an amazing console and it sold so well that no other console has been able to sell as well as the playstation 2 and you know what that's it 
that's the exit. I'm sorry, guys. I And this episode is a bit longer than I wanted it to be. But there was just a lot of things to talk about. So I hope you don't mind. Now, there is something I want to ask you. And that is to celebrate with me. Now, celebrate maybe by listening to a cool song. Like, remember the song that I was playing early in the episode? When I talked about celebrating the arrival of this month, the month that is going to give us the next-gen consoles that we have been eagerly waiting for, well, that song is from a little game called Fall Guys, a great game that you can play on the PS4. And I would recommend you to play that game because it's a lot of fun. It will make you laugh sometimes and also cry sometimes, but in a good sense. It's a really fun party game. And there are other great games on the PS4. Don't forget that. Maybe you don't want to celebrate by listening to music. Maybe you just want to get rid of some of the games that are still on your backlog of games that you have been trying to play but have not had the time until now. And maybe now is just the right time to play those games to prepare yourself for what is coming. The PS5. Or just another suggestion. Maybe you just listen to the next episode of this podcast. You know... That would be awesome. I would be so thankful for you to be listening to another episode of this podcast that I put so much effort into making. I would love that. So maybe celebrate by joining me on the next episode. But until then, keep on playing. Huh?